wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. What's up, homies? So glad that you are here. I'm here with the lovely Sarah Vitsani. You guys, Sarah, I want to tell you about Sarah in just a minute. (laughs) First off, you're at the Becoming Home podcast, and we are at the ranch. Now it's time to talk about Sarah. Okay, so Sarah (laughs) is my good friend. She lives here on the ranch with me, and among... All of the lovely people here. She is one of my favorites. But not only is she just a fun friend, she is a bomb professional in like a whole bunch of different ways. So she's first of all, a mom of three little babies who are adorable and a wife to a nice man who also is adorable. If I call your husband adorable, (laughs) they're all adorable. Um, She's a chemical engineer. Yep. She is a homesteader, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And she is a permaculture designer and a nutritional herbalist. I was going to call you a master herbalist. And I feel like you are in training for your master. Yeah. There's, it's like a designation, right? Yeah. Like that is a thing to be a master herbalist. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Yes. But nutritional herbalist is the certificate I have earned to this point on that program. So good. She is <laughs> a genius. I have her elderberry cure-all immune support. I have another immune support thing from you that I love. I use her cuticle cream because the cuticles out on the ranch (laughs) need some love and all of her balms and all the things. One time I burned my my arm really bad and you gave me a jar of burn ointment, which saved my skin, literally. (laughs) Um, What else have you done for me? We've made, I learned how to make wild lettuce leaf extract from Mm -hmm. you. Remind me what that did. All I know is when I take it, I feel a little bit sleepy and like really happy. That's right. But it's like lettuce. So uh-huh. tell me, tell me what. Here, come close to the mic. So people <laughs> okay. Can hear you. Um, wild lettuce uh, has many uses, primarily for insomnia or for pain. Uh, some people call it nature's morphine. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Some people use it just for digestion. It's a bitter herb, so it'll stimulate bile and all the good juices. Um, and some people use it for rheumatism somehow rheumatism yeah somehow those nutrients or i guess now we call it rheumatoid arthritis um it's funny as i read all the old herbals there's all these old terms that i have to figure out is that the same as this and what do they say now but translate but now it's just all in a soup in my head right now that's so cool (laughs) she's so good at this um and as we live on the ranch together sarah makes it look easy she you've been here (laughs) three years how long have you been lived out here Two years and counting. Like now there's stuff going on at the ranch. There's like 30 families out here. We've got a system. We have potlucks. We have school. <laughs> like we have stuff. But when you moved out here, it was like you and the coyotes, baby. <laughs> like two or three other families. Yeah. you're. Yeah. She's a founding member of our community. <laughs> and she's a ge- literally a genius. Like I can't even say it anymore. So um, I'm so pleased that you guys get to meet her today. Now, what I... What I really want to talk to you, Sarah, about today and what I feel like you really shine at is this combination of nature 
and life. Like you live your life by observing nature's patterns. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit about this and like your philosophy on how nature and people intertwine. Oh, do you have four hours? Yes, go, baby, go. <laughs> okay, where do I start? Well, I mean, first off, how I um, <clears throat> how I started in my life was just very like normal. Like I was very conventional, did all the conventional things, all the the standard American diet, and um, you know, my my mom actually was the inspiration for um, me learning how to garden and eating tons of vegetables, but we we still you know we we were part of the culture um and um anyway and let's pause just okay. for one second for yeah. the people who aren't quite sure what the culture means so this oh, is okay. like um eating things in the grocery store without really thinking about it like yeah. pre like label reading or was your mom more conscious than that when you were growing up uh i think she was doing the best she could and i don't think anyone read labels back then i don't think that they did like yeah. that's my mom too like there was yeah. really no reason because their parents grew up in a generation where there wasn't a need for it. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, and then also doing more conventional things. Like what would you say is like a conventional lifestyle? Um, like soap from the supermarket. So from the supermarket, all the fragrances, all the like bath and body work, bath and body works. Oh, like so many hours as a so, teenager. Was that you? That was me. <laughs> That's me. Just a few, just a few. Um, and you know, the detergents and everything, um, antibiotics all the time. Tylenol. Yeah. Totally. Try, trying the prescriptions, um, never really worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to clarify, like there's not anything. I mean, I know we could have a very long conversation about this, but <laughs> making an intentional choice to use antibiotics, Tylenol, Dove soap, like whatever it is, like not a bad thing, not a bad thing at all. Yeah. But what I've come to realize and probably, I don't know, you have to tell everybody if this was your experience, but that when we start digging a little deeper and making intentional choices, we choose a little bit differently than just mm -hmm. what our conditioning would mm -hmm. be, just the, what capitalism throws in front of us. Exactly. And I think that's it. Like we're so much is just thrown in front of us or we grew up using it. So of course it's fine. You know, just all these things. I call it cultural momentum. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> Where you're just, this is just what everyone does. This is what everyone eats. This is what everyone does for fun. This is what everyone does for school. This is the type of job everyone wants to get or everyone's parents wants them to get. Um, <laughs> this kind of career, you know, and all that jazz. Um, so yeah, I, I think all we can ever do is the best we can. But there is so much that is not um, readily available unless you start digging where you can really start to make a choice about what you are putting in your body, on your body and in your home, because it does affect you, even if you didn't consciously make that choice. And so when you start to learn better, then you can start to make better choices that will, you'll just start to see them layering on the healing. So good. So what was the transition for you between mm. autopilot, cultural momentum, and now where you are today? What was the the fork so, in the road there's a point usually where we realize this isn't working and i want to choose something different yeah so when i got out of college which you know i look back at how i did college and i'm like oh if only i could tell you what to eat and what to do and what not to do and everything <laughs> it would have been so much better but like i basically slept through college and somehow still graduated with an okay enough GPA to get the job I wanted. <laughs> mm. But I, I was always um, not getting enough sleep and um, 
you know, it's funny, actually, my roommate said I was super domestic because I would cook frozen fish and frozen veggies and make rice. That is pretty domestic. Like that sounds that, pretty good. That, that was considered, you know. Um, and if the, if that you know, if anyone's listening, that's what you do. Good job, you know. Yeah. I would, I would, if my college um, self had frozen vegetables and rice, I'd be like, girl. Yeah, but you know, I definitely ate out as well. Um, I wasn't quite on the ramen diet. My husband was, but um, <laughs> before I met him. But now I know so much more about you know fresh fruits and vegetables and how to prepare food in a way that my body can actually absorb it. It and I can be stronger and oh my gosh how important sleep is and <laughs> don't you feel like this as a woman in my 30s I'm like Indeed, after all the babies <laughs> I'm no longer 18 and no longer does that work for me anymore yeah so anyway I got through college just thinking you know I was playing the game you know I had certain strategies strategies that let me be successful enough that I was like this is this is me this is what I do right and then I, I started working full time at this, you know, my perfect corporate dream job. I at least could get food from the cafeteria. They, you know, they had some salads and stuff. So that was good. But I did not sleep. Um, I would hold so much tension in my shoulders as I typed and, um, you know, sitting all day, at least in college, you stand up and you walk around between classes, right? Like maybe you sit all day to study, but in the corporate world, nine to five, or really like eight to six, you are sitting all day. Um, and it, it really did a number on my body. And so I found myself falling asleep in meetings and people noticed it, <laughs> you know, in college, who cares? But, right. but they were like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, being an adult means staying awake in meetings. Um, and, um, and I just, I developed all these weird parts of my body that were just chronically sore, like so sore, I couldn't sit still. Like I had to constantly be massaging my, um, I forget what muscle that is, but don't worry about it. Like your quads. Your yeah. Legs, your... Yeah. And, and starting to look at special shoes and all these things. And, um, and, and then one day I woke up and I couldn't turn my head. And I was like, what, what? <laughs> what do I do about this? Mm -hmm. um, and so that started me um, just like, okay, what do I do? The doctor obviously was like, I don't know. And um, so I went to a chiropractor and that helped a little bit and it also hurt worse. Mm -hmm. So, so I had two choices. I could, I could not turn my head, but not be in a ton of pain, or I could turn my head with a ton of pain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, and so that just started me searching for these different physical ways to heal my body and to just get through my day without, you know, I can't even, I don't feel like I can drive home safely because my legs hurt so much. Um, mm. So this is a very long story. No, this I is good because listen, I feel like you're not alone. Okay. There's people listening. Like there's people that we all know who have this level of pain and they just think it's normal. Mm. And they just pop Tylenol six times a day. Again, intentional choice. I'm on board. But I know people that don't know that it's an option to feel better. Yes. And so uh, another thing that started happening was I would have my usual um you know colds flu sinus infections um that i would have all the time in college and again thought was normal or a badge of honor like see i'm studying so hard or i'm working so hard mm. right mm. um and i i was sick a lot when i was working and my second boss was finally like sarah you can't you can't have this many sick days 
And when you're home sick, I don't want you working. You have to get better. And I was just like, what? Like, no, I like work through the pain, you know, sickness is normal. I was doing all the Sudafed and all the ibuprofen and everything. And I would just, it, it was awful. And I thought that's just how it was. I just had a weak body. Um, even though in high school, I, I did sports in college, I did dance. Like I'm actually really into using my body. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was just like, okay, but as far as my, my immune system is, it's just weak. Okay. Um, I also had, um, loose bowels every day, thought it was totally normal. I would spend the last period of high school, half of it in the bathroom. Mm. And I was just like, well, I, I happened to live overseas. So it was like, well, maybe it's just the water, you know, but I lived there for four years and it was the same all four mm. years. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So I was just, I was always sick. My gut was always uncomfortable and I was always in pain. And then suddenly I can't turn my head and it's, you know, it's crisis. And so I just started looking for answers and there's so much to learn out there. I went to so many different people. I read so many different books and I started on my my personal Instagram, I would just start reviewing all the books I would read, like, here's the knowledge I got from this, here's the knowledge I got from this, because I felt like anytime I learned something that was like, oh my gosh, that's totally true, and I've never heard it before, I wanted everyone to know. Yeah. And that's still how I feel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. um, and so I learned a lot of different things and um, was trying to figure out, well, what is it that God wants me to really go deep into so that I can use it to help other people. So I, I felt like I kind of had a handle on my physical health. Like I was, I was making changes. I didn't need Sudafed all the time. I learned how to use elderberry syrup yeah. and I started learning how to use other herbs. Um, meanwhile, I had my kids to experiment on and <laughs> they had some unique challenges at birth. Um, the old tongue tie lip tie that seems to be more present ever um and that was just another thing that it was like you know our pediatrician said oh it doesn't matter but i i knew it mattered without going into the gory details mm -hmm. and and that's another way that i found i got more into that world of body work um and the herbs so I, I felt like I kind of had the internal stuff handled. I would use the herbs here and there, the essential oils here and there, and the homeopathy here and there. And um, in the meantime, I was in a major car accident, or I call it major, but I, there's so many degrees. Um, I was T-boned um, at 60 miles an hour. Um, and oh, oh, and I was so depressed. The, the um, postpartum anxiety and depression. And I was a working mom and I... I kind of hated it. Like there were things that I loved and I tried to just keep doing it, but I hated being away from my babies. Anyway, so I'm in this car accident, you know, the, the ambulance comes and he's like, do you, do you need us to take you anywhere? And I'm like, I don't think so. Like I felt really shaken up. But I, you know, I had like a bruise here or there, but I wasn't bleeding. Nothing felt broken. Um, I did eventually get an x-ray and they couldn't find anything wrong. Mm. But that that accident started me on all of my previous problems were just on fire, like at least 10x what they had been and every day. I mean, the accident was about 
seven years ago. Um, and it was about three years before that, that I started having all, you know, the, the pains and everything. Um, so, so now post-accident, I'm really like, okay, what do I need to do to get well? I'm doing chiropractic, I'm doing acupuncture, I'm doing laser therapy, I'm doing some supplements, um, and I'm, I'm doing hypnosis, and I'm starting to get into the mental, emotional, spiritual health world, um, definitely getting counseling, <laughs> and, um, and just, just searching, 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 what is it that is finally going to heal me? Cause I can't mm. function like this. Eventually I, I decided. Um, so like I said, I felt like maybe I've kind of got the nutrition stuff on. Where you need it to What's be. the word? Thank you. Yeah. Um, but let's work on the movement. And so I was looking at Feldenkrais method and the Alexander technique. And I was looking at practitioners in my area and the one that was easiest to get to was Alexander Technique. And she was um, a woman and a mom and she was a former professional violinist. Hey, that's hey, close to you. Yeah. So I used to play violin. And um, the day that I woke up with the neck pain, I, I, I realized that my body was holding itself in violin mode. Oh, that's fascinating. And so I was like, okay, well, violin ruined my body, so I can't do it again. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so many interesting beliefs layered in there. I love it. Um, so I started working with, with this lady um, for about two years, and um, I learned how to play violin without pain. Hey! Yeah. But it's work. Oh, yes. It's not yes, a magic it pill. And I can still pick up my violin and play it in pain if I don't do the work every single time. Um, cause there's so, I mean, you know, all the synapses that you have to rewire, it takes a lot and trying to do that while you're a mom, mm -hmm. um, there's some intention there and getting tired in your thirties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot there, but what I loved was because it was a group experience, I could see her, um, work on people, not just with violin, not just with any other musical instrument and voice, but also getting up out of a chair. Mm -hmm. walking, going upstairs. And so if I were to distill the method down into however many words come out of my mouth, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is getting curious, observing what's happening and practicing that skill enough that you can break down whatever action you're trying to take into the tiniest possible movements you can and every time recalibrating into that curiosity and awareness curiosity and awareness like fireworks let's say it again mm -hmm. say it again for the people in back you said <laughs> awareness mm -hmm. curiosity or the other ones? and then break it down into the those micro movements My, and micro movements and cool. always come back to it and for those including myself that aren't intimately connected to the is it the alexander method right the alexander technique technique <clears throat> yeah what what is it just you distilled it down to the principle like yeah. the meat of what it is to, is it purpose to help you move without pain is that the whole purpose of the alexander technique? 
Um, that's one way to say it. I always say it's learning how to use your mind better so that you can use your body better. Oh, that's really good. It's fun, especially because the original method, it was a man who lost his voice and he was an actor. And the old kind of actor where you're literally standing on a stage delivering like a 20 minute long soliloquy or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he lost his voice. So now he can't work, right? Major problem. And what he, he went around all the doctors, no one could help him, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he finally just stood in front of a mirror and watched himself. Oh, so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like brought back all my dance training memories of like, oh, and then you know what's actually going on. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Okay. And so he would watch himself even just, so I'm, um, so I'm sitting here right now and I'm curious what you notice. I'm going to try to like blank my mind while also thinking of what I'm going to think about. <laughs> okay. So Carly, what happens? Can I do it to you? Sure. Okay. Okay. So think about going outside and lifting a bale of hay. Okay. Okay. So what do I need to do? Like enact it in my body? Just think about it. Just think about it. Okay. Stop. Okay. Um, now think about just lying in your bed. <laughs> now pick up a bale of hay. <laughs> <laughs> so Carly's really good with her body. So it's, it's really subtle, but I feel it mostly in my neck. Do, yes. Is what I noticed. Like yes. my tension, like to lay down, it was like, ah, oh, my neck and shoulders. And then to pick up a bale of hay, like my core engages uh -huh. and my chin, like ducks in. Yeah. Tell me what you noticed. Yeah. And that's what I noticed too. When you, it's funny because when I first said, pick up a bale of hay, I think you were kind of, you know, you weren't, I was getting on my gloves. You had already thought about <laughs> it before you did anyway. Um, but then when you thought about lying in bed, like your, your spine lengthened and your shoulders relaxed. And then when you thought about the, the hay, you did contract just barely totally. and you pulled down. And so that the neck is often where we find the most tension, right? Oh, you, you and me. Chase know that so well. Yeah. Um, because all, I mean, so many of those nerve, those really, really important nerve connections go through your neck. Mm -hmm. In fact, all of them, anything going back to your brain goes through your neck. And so that's often where we see it the easiest. Um, that is so cool. Yeah. So let's extrapolate this one step further, because okay. I do believe that we have our mind and our spirit housed in our body, housed in a house. <laughs> so as we are moving in the space of our house to have our mindset, this is so good. You guys to have our mindset, <laughs> like in the right place as we execute the same movements over and over mm -hmm. in a very familiar area. Like I bet you guys, you could blindfold yourselves and make it from your bathroom in your room to the kitchen sink. I bet you could do it. Maybe you try it tonight and just see what, how many things you run into, but we know our spaces so well that often it's not a conscious movement. Right. And so, especially if we're in pain, we're, we're compensating or especially if we have kids like we're so focused down mm -hmm. like to reposition our bodies and just to be aware a how we're thinking about it but b what our body's doing through space mm -hmm. that's a that's a big deal yeah and and when you start and and what i just illustrated was how much your thoughts affect what your body does right um and then of course while you're doing it you would want to try to you know if you go to pick up a bale of hay you want to notice what's going on in your body before you start. And then when you just start to reach down, stop there and notice what's going on in your body. Are you starting to introduce tension anywhere or mm. not? Okay. If you feel ready to move on, 
you go further down and you just keep going like that. Um, for all the moms out there that are like, this is tedious. I don't have time to stop halfway through washing a fork or picking up the thing off the floor every time. What would you say to them? <laughs> I would share a story that I experienced this week. Jay, can I share, do that? Share, share. Okay. So on Monday, um, so we have here at the ranch, like it's the end of harvest season and it's quick pick all the peppers before they freeze. Right. And so I did that. And um, I needed to start chopping everything and, you know, starting my ferments going. I got through about an hour and a half of the washing and the chopping and the pounding of the, what do you call that ferment pounder? It's a ferment pounder now. You totally. That's okay. Like, that's the only word that I know for it. <laughs> They're so beautiful too. Anyways, about an hour and a half through that, I realized that my neck was hurting and my head was throbbing because I had just jumped into it with the mindset of, I've got to get this done. The scarcity mentality of, if I don't preserve this food, I'm gonna starve, mm -hmm. right? Or I didn't sell it, therefore I have to use it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I did not stop and, and realize that I was standing and cutting at a small, you know, those trailer dinette tables, like they're not counter height. No, they're low. And I'm tall, I'm six feet tall. And I didn't take the time to set up my space and to set up my mind to do that very simple repetitive action without hurting myself. So when I don't go through this process and I end up with a migraine, then I don't have time to be a mom. Ha, and there you go. <laughs> There's the mic drop. Like we don't have time to not be aware because we are taking the time on the back end if we don't. Yeah. We're in bed with migraines. That's what happens to me. I often do like this jaw thrust thing when I'm focused or when I'm worried. And Ooh. this is what gives me my migraines. And if I don't take the time to like realign myself and I jump into a task, especially when I'm stressed about, then we get the shoulders and the hunch mm -hmm. and the jaw and we get a migraine and then I'm in, in bed or calling Chase from out on his build, whatever he's doing around the ranch <laughs> and being like, please help me, it's hurting so bad. Mm -hmm. um, and that's taking time. So like we yeah. have time that's either being expended on the front end or the back end. And eventually if we expend the enough time and re repetition on the front end, learning from nature, learning from our bodies, being mm -hmm. aware, then we can, get that to be our conditioning. Like it yeah. progressively will grow easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we don't take that time, then we get to, to take the time on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. And the follow-up to that story is the next day. Can you guess what I did? I'm going to guess some um, visualizations, breath and cold. What did you do? <laughs> oh, I did do those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that uh, was in the morning. And then when I came around to the chopping, I set up my space. I looked at where I needed to sit or stand. Oh, so good. And I... I did my Alexander technique. There's several questions that I ask myself constantly that keeps me not only relaxed and aligned, but fluid. Oh, I'm like right? wanting to know all these questions. Everybody, we need to call Sarah right now. Sarah. <laughs> We're having you back to teach us these things. That is so cool. And did it go differently? Oh yeah. No migraine. Excuse me while I stand on a soapbox. We are living our lives in boxes designed by corporate America, which is fine. Like, thank goodness. <laughs> a lot of these people You're like more generous than I am. I'm really grateful that I don't have to like go hew my own countertops from the mountains and bring them back on the oxen. Like, I'm just grateful that somebody has done that for me and that there's like a standardized measurement 
like, oh, there's a lot of work that's been done and I'm it's grateful. True. However, when you're six feet tall mm-hmm. and how I'm five, six <laughs> in my good shoes, um, <laughs> your spirit's tall. My spirit is tall. I like seeing a stand up sit up really tall. But even on our video, I feel like uh, <laughs> I aspire to be as tall as, as Sarah, but we're, we're very different in our builds. Mm-hmm. Like our, you're tall and I'm on the short side and for us using the same countertop height, mm-hmm. it does not make sense. Mm-hmm. And so as we are building our houses, I know that there's only so much you feel like you can do, but to the extent that you can preconceive who's going to be using it, it's you, that's the cue. See like where your body fits in this space. Mm-hmm. There's a man that I really love to read and his name is Yonto Evans. And he talks about where do you put your counters? And he stands up and he like puts his hands at like a 90 degree angle. He's like, right about right here. This is where your counter goes. And where do you need your pantry? And he like reaches across and he's like, right about here. Hmm. And if everybody did this, there's, this is where our standardized measurements come from. Right. But it's not going to, it's going to be different for Sarah than it's going to be for me. And for her to be able, she can keep things much higher in her kitchen. We've talked about (laughs) this in Sarah's kitchen. Like she can utilize the high shelves and I can utilize other things. Maybe, I don't know. Like we all, our bodies are all so different, but without understanding and having, what did you say? Like the awareness, the consciousness, the observance. If we don't have those things, we just conform. And then our bodies start being like all yes. tweaky and we're wondering what's going on. And yes. it's because we don't have the mind awareness or the body awareness yeah. as we're moving through soapbox over. Yeah. Take no, well, just to <laughs> add to your soapbox. Um, no, but I think also the curiosity that what if there was a better way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of I, course. I think that's a question we've many of us have forgotten how to ask. And, and it, it makes, makes the difference. <laughs> it makes a huge difference. We're we us in conventional society <laughs> we're not really asked uh taught how to ask those questions we're taught mm-hmm. to regurgitate the answers that we are that others are wanting to hear mm-hmm. so this curiosity aspect gets really fun because all of a sudden it's like what's the best way and who can tell me the answer is going to be you get to choose right yeah can i pull in a little engineering please engineering thing um so the the interesting thing in contrast to what you just said of like you know in society we're typically just memorizing and regurgitating engineering is one of those places where we're actually not expected Mm. to memorize we're expected to look at a problem and identify potential ways to solve that problem set up an experiment analyze it and write a conclusion, right? We're, we're trying to discover something. That's the core of engineering. Also steam tables in the back of the book. I don't know if anyone in your audience would tell us about steam tables. I'm to like, that. steamed but milk sounds like, good right now. This is like the running joke for chemical engineers is if you check the steam table, at least that's what it was like in school, because now in college, I mean, this is relatable to everyone. Suddenly the answers are not in the back of the book anymore mm-hmm. to check. Instead you have charts and charts and charts in the back of the book, if you're in engineering, that you have to refer to and and pull the values of those charts that you need for your situation. Oh, yes. So good. So I think even though there, so I'll be honest, there was a long time where when I separate, when I quit my job and I, I actually realized I was sensitive to chemicals. And so I was like, look, I love being in the lab. I can't be in the lab while I'm pregnant this is going to be a really lame career if I keep going. Mm-hmm. And then I was, you know, so injured and so depressed. I was like, I can't do this. I need, I need to be home and figure this out. 
Um, but for a while, I, I was almost ashamed that I had been an engineer. I think there were, I mean, you've worked with me. I've, I've had lots of fun stuff to work through. Um, but I, I just wanted to totally separate myself from that corporate world and the corporate thinking. And it's only now after I've studied the Alexander technique and the herbalism, which we'll, I assume we'll get into next, yes. um, that I feel ready to integrate those two things with the training that I got as an engineer that allows me to set up experiments that allows me to know that the principle is it's objective, the experiment. That's not what happens in the corporate world or even the academic world. It's all to prove a point most of the time. And so, so I can use the skeleton of what I've learned, but keep the core principle of I'm trying to discover and I'm trying to learn. And that can be applied to anything. Bam. <laughs> so good. Okay. So learning your Alexander technique, learning engineering, and now you've begun this beautiful track that has blessed my life <laughs> of herbalism. How, what does herbalism add to this beautiful recipe that you find really valuable? <laughs> Let me put it this way. I've, I've been curious. I had been curious about herbs for a couple of years, but I definitely grew up with a belief um, that herbs were dangerous and they mm -hmm. didn't work. Mm -hmm. So somehow they were strong enough to be dangerous, but weak enough that they didn't work. And that was kind of the end of it, you know? And um, so I didn't really know how to get started. And um, I kind of was just watching what came to me and, you know, oh, do I, do I wanna do herb school? That, that one looks kind of cool. Oh, but they kind of promote this. I don't know how I feel about that, you know, and so on. And then as I was moving out here, we stopped to get lunch in Springville <laughs> and discovered that there was an herb school um, that just was right in our backyard. Just right in our backyard and that they had an online program. And what I loved about this herb school is not only do they tie in um, faith and belief in God and belief in revelation from God of the formulas mm. and how to use the herbs, um, and, and scriptural basis for, um, for which herbs to use and foods generally, um, but also the idea of vitalism. And vitalism is if you were to go back and have lunch with Hippocrates. <laughs> Could you even imagine? How fun. This is one of my dreams. Carry on. <laughs> um, this is what he would tell you about. He would say, our bodies know how to heal. We just have to give them the right food and the right environment. The body does the rest of the work. So atomism is the antithesis of vitalism. Mm. And there are, um, you know, if you look at, okay, what's the range of medical practitioners? We have our MDs and our RNs and our herbalists and our homeopaths and our chiropractors. Um, there's our acupuncturists, there's many, many more, um, you know, even energy healers, all of those people can work from either vitalist or atomist philosophy. So the atomist philosophy, this is a pill for every ill. 
this is what's the symptom let's stop it mm -hmm. vitalist mentality is oh something's going on what is the body trying to do and how can i help it not stop it but help it process through whatever's happening yes and then the symptoms go away on their own i feel like this principle is relatable to parenting <laughs> to marriages yeah. to home design like this is a universally applicable principle that of something's happening hurry stop it mm -hmm. it feels like so fear-based to my body yeah um versus something's happening i wonder what it is yeah first like you're saying back to those three things like curiosity and intentionalism and then action from there movement like how do we want to approach it from this curious mindset and help help it yeah blossom it grow it yeah and trust in the process trust it ah! Ah! okay so so many of my clients are like i don't they don't trust themselves they don't trust their bodies yeah. to be able to discern they don't trust their their experience to be able to know how does um vitalist thinking did i say that right yeah vitalism mm -hmm. how how could they apply that to these worries of not knowing or not being capable or does it apply if atomism says there's a pill yeah what's like yeah tell me what your take is so if if i or someone else i feel like if if you are swirling around in that doubt and the uncertainty and the overwhelm my go-to is go outside and go find a tree which out here you can't really do there's one but there's one it's too far away <laughs> somebody owns it <laughs> rude. rude um but i'll go out to a plant and that's not true i have trees but they're not they're not they're the big beautiful still. tree but um and but just i mean just picture for a moment this beautiful beautiful tree whatever variety you want um some you could think of would be like a hawthorn or an oak um or like oh a chestnut tree or a, a cherry blossom tree you know this beautiful beautiful branchy um umbrella of a tree and oh it could even be like those kind of i call them the snuffleupagus trees <laughs> the weeping willows <laughs> that's what's the, that or, the, my mind or the weeping pines those oh, are the, anyway yes. they're so funny um it, it can be any of those but just think about they have their branches and they have their leaves and sometimes they'll have flowers and fruits and then they have their roots and for me a tree and you can apply it to a little plant as well but i think the tree is more powerful a tree represents the connection between the earth and the heavens mm. that's so beautiful of course it is i just love that though <laughs> the way you said it struck me is really beautiful right, right? and they're pulling nutrients from the ground and from the air and they are giving back to the air and they are giving back to the ground and they even have fungal networks under their branches i mean there's so much going on right and um but it's this inhale exhale it's constant flow up and down and over um providing shade providing habitat and connecting heaven and earth and if you think about um you know a human body if you're standing outside and you can imagine your feet rooting into the earth and um you can spread your arms up or not but you can you can just sense like what if you were the trunk of a tree or what if you are a tree and your feet are your roots and your arms are your branches and just 
feel that connection. Because just as the tree is the connection to heaven and earth, you are a connection between heaven and earth. And if you are the connection, then there's always things flowing to you from both sources. Mm. And if you, this is where I sound like a real hippie here. I love it. I'm just like all starry eyed about it. Carry on. Um, This is where if you listen close enough and you get yourself still enough and you quiet your mind, you can find the answers to what question you have. You can, you can get the confidence to, to know that that plant is the thing that you need or, um, you know, don't harvest it right now because you have to get it before it flowers or what now I'm making people scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, ooh, to have a plant to harvest, that's going to be really great. Oh, day. it is. <laughs> I have seeds for you. Or even things that seem a little bit more uh, tangible. I don't know, they're not tangible. That's the yeah. wrong word. Um, like worldly ish, mm-hmm. like where do I hang my picture? What color would be best for this tapestry? Like mm-hmm. what material is going to be better for my skin or for my family or for this product I make you whatever. Mm-hmm. Like these questions we have, the answers can come when we're still rooted and connected. And can we be still rooted and connected and still flowing? Ah, right. Cause yes. if, so if I'm going back to my, um, the accident I was in and what I learned, I did all the physical therapy and everything. And what I learned was if I held my body just like this, like super, super straight spine, shoulders back, you know, like ballet class all the time. Like I would, I would sit places like this and everyone would be like, are you okay? And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the only way I'm not in pain is holding myself rigid, but that only worked temporarily. Right. Rigidity so, never leads to the movement we try crave, right? Yeah, it's a it's need. a band-aid. And yeah. it wasn't until I learned how to move. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what a breath. Yeah. And so just like being rigid um in I have to find a place for this piece of artwork. What if you don't? Yep. <laughs> what if you don't? What if it just leans against something for a little while? Or mm. what if it migrates? Or what if it's so good? Mm. What if you don't? What if you don't? everybody ask yourself that three times a day but if I don't (laughs) it's really powerful yeah okay so let's talk about the holidays because this is going to be coming out right before we hit like the Thanksgiving Christmas season Mm -hmm. and as we're talking about being rooted and connected but being able to flow Mm -hmm. like all chaos is about to break loose for a lot (laughs) of of us a lot of us in our cultural momentum Mm -hmm. right so what can we do and apply these principles in the next week, in the next month Mm -hmm. to make a difference. As we're looking at the holidays, I mean, even just thinking about the holidays, I find myself like (laughs) tensing my neck and my shoulders, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm very much like, you know, I I already just, I I had to say no to so many things for so long because I only had so much energy and and so much, you know, mental capacity from the, you know, concussion and everything, but, but even those of us that have not been in a significant accident, like <laughs> the holidays still feel like that. And we're like, oh, yeah. the energy, just yeah. thinking about it dwindles. Yeah. So I already like keep things as simple as possible. And I'm an introvert. So I'm like, I'm not doing five parties for the same thing. Like one, I do one party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want me there, let me know a month in advance. Anyway, this is beside the point. But um, so how do we stay aware of our thoughts, our feelings, our bodies. 
how do we move through this time with resilience that we're able to respond more than we react? That's that fluidity. Yes. You know, my, my passion is teaching people, how do we learn just enough about something that we could improve or a choice that we can make maybe differently this year that um, we can actually feel really good during the holidays? I mean, would that be nice to yeah. actually have like the Hallmark movie of, well, not the dramatic parts, but like, <laughs> what if we had like fun holidays where we felt good? And there was romance and... <laughs> friendship and all the fun things that we need <laughs> really though I think it's possible and we stress ourselves out so much that that becomes impossible yeah and the other thing for people like me that are sensitive to chemicals it becomes extra stressful this time of year because what if I go into someone's home and they have a Glade plug-in in the wall because mm -hmm. that would make me sick mm -hmm. but not everyone knows that right mm -hmm. and so um there's a lot to learn there but there are easy small things you can do over time to start cleaning up your home and educating other people like okay look i love you i believe that you know my relationship with you is more important than the glade plugin but it would really help me feel comfortable in your home and be able to stay at your party longer if we could talk about the Glade plugin. <laughs> oh crucial conversations folks <laughs> or here is a unscented beeswax candle would you mind burning this instead oh yeah. here i'll bring it for you you can even keep the it afterwards gifts <laughs> the ideas go through the roof there's so many different things you can do yeah and you never know exactly what's going to work and you just keep trying and experimenting with it so how do people choose the one thing that they can try where would you recommend just starting because i'm sure all of us have a hundred ideas of all the things we need to do to make the holidays go right. <laughs> but like what, how do we discern the one that's going to make the difference? Might it be okay that that's different for each person? Totally. Totally. <laughs> what would you recommend for you? Like, how do you go through that process of like, I'd like to make a small adjustment. I'm going to start here. Mm. Not necessarily what the adjustment needs to be or how it needs to look, but how do you, is that, is that where you go out to your trees? Yeah, I have to go somewhere I feel still and I'll often um, I'll often just always be pulling in a lot and I need time to integrate it and just let it be soupy for a while and then see what comes up as this feels good. This feels exciting. This feels like something I can do and I just do it. Let it be soupy for a while <laughs> and then let something rise to the top. Mm -hmm. I think that's really great advice. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's really good. Okay. So this is exciting because I happen to know that Sarah has some expertise of her sleep <laughs> and that this holiday, she's ready to help you. So tell the fine people what's going on. Okay. The fine people, <laughs> the finest. So I have put together, um, some elements of the Alexander technique and elements of vitalist herbalism and various um, mind, body, emotional stuff that I've learned through the years, plus how to have a natural, um, healthy environment in your home and at your parties. So um, if it hasn't come across, I'm kind of an integrative person. I pull a lot of things in and make it work together. And um, 
Hallelujah for that. Woo! This is how we should be living. Um, but it can it can be a lot. And so that's why I've created a program where we've got eight weeks where we're meeting together as a group. And we are um, also um, watching some videos that I'm going to put out of learning, you know, some concepts of herbalism and nutrition and the Alexander technique. And not to give you an excuse to indulge, but what you can do after you've indulged, um, how to make conscious choices ahead of time. Um, and um, anyway, so we're watching those. We've got some beautiful downloads and then we're gonna meet once a week to talk about how's it going, right? And maybe some of us are gonna need to choose just one of the things each week or maybe even for the full weeks that we're doing. But at any rate, we can support each other in that. We can watch, you know, based on what other people choose to focus on, how that goes for them. And then you've been given the soup and you can um, continue letting things rise to the top of that soup, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the months going after that. Um, I'll just be teaching a lot of basic principles that will just help you move better through life. Um, and if you have chronic disease or, or issues that might need a, a more focused program in a different way, um, especially the herbs, because that's my thing. Yeah, and you're good. Um, but you might need to do something a little more aggressive, maybe assertive. Um, <laughs> um, then this eight weeks will help set the stage for that, right? We're, we're getting our minds in a space of, I am choosing what's going in and on and around my body. I am choosing how I use my body. And I'm choosing how I respond to myself and to other people when stuff happens, because it will, because it's it the does. holidays. Because life and humans. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is so compelling. I think everybody needs this. I think we can all think of five people who need this. Like, send this to your friends. <laughs> you feel like you can do it together as a book club. Um, I, I think that what a gift. Like, what a gift to celebrate, to, like, truly celebrate life and all the gifts that we're being grateful for and the things that we're wanting to emphasize this holiday. How cool to have the tools to be able to integrate them better into our lives and to actually celebrate them instead of dreading them or resenting the celebration like we call it celebration but really we hate it like, <laughs> how cool to turn the celebratory season into a true celebration of learning and honoring all the things including our, our bodies mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. You guys, you can find Sarah on Instagram at Everyday and Experiment. And that's your website too as well, right? Yep. Everydayandexperiment.com. Um, sign up for her Christmas. What are you calling it? What is your program? Joyful Holiday Wellness. Joyful. Like, let's talk about how this is actually joyful. <laughs> and it's probably going to be hard. Like doing the hard things really is what brings us the most joy. And so I encourage everybody to sign up. I think this is such a great idea. So go find Sarah. She's wonderful. And make a big mess, y'all. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, share this episode with a friend who you want to chat with about it. Also, leave a review for the show so we can reach more soulful mamas looking to love the magical humanity that surrounds them at home. If you really are digging this scene, come check out The Knowing, the inner circle for confident home creating. Find all the info about it as well as a full transcript of this episode over at carlythornock.com.